You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm very excited that you decided to join us today, as this is a first for our show, because my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, who is, of course, right here with me, he was able to make the trip down to Mobile, Alabama, this week to get a first-hand look at this year's Senior Bowl prospects. Nick, it's glad to be back on the show with you. I want to know, how are your travels? I couldn't help but notice that you seem a little worn down after all of it. Oh yeah, um, the di- just getting to Mobile, Alabama was a process in itself. I had to take a flight at 10 p.m. from O'Hare to Charlotte. Had to basically spend the night in Charlotte, and I had to do homework the entire time. So I maybe slept an hour in between, then got in another flight from Charlotte to Mobile around seven o'clock in the morning. Get there, stuff's happening at 10 in the morning, so I have enough time to drop off my stuff at my Airbnb. Then head down to the convention center, and that's where basically I was out until maybe 7 o'clock at night. So it was exhausting. It was you know exhilarating all at the same time. But as soon as I got back to my Airbnb, I was done for the first day and then you know recharged for day two. Well, it sounds like you had a really good time. I know you and I were kind of chatting about it uh, back in the green room before we kind of jumped on in here. But I'm very excited uh, to, A, learn a little bit more about your experience, share it with our listeners, uh, all about your time at the Senior Bowl week. And, of course, and probably most importantly for at least us, is get some of those key observation and takeaways for some of those bigger names out there. So you ready to dive on in, Mr. Moriano? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, so of course, I want to begin by just hearing about your general experience. It looks like your credential got you some pretty neat on-field access as well as some access to players. And for our podcast, you know, we haven't been able to really figure out credentials with the Chicago Bears yet. Uh, So this is something that I want to hear about. It kind of reminds me of my days at IU uh, with some student media, you know, getting on court or getting on the field. And I'm sure you were able to kind of relish in that as well. 
Yeah, so basically I had to go to a um, the Plaza Hotel and pick up the credential. And once I did that, it was basically time to go to the convention center where all the media members from Ian Rappaport, Tom Pellariso, big time people are there. And while it's happening, the players are just walking around. So I'm there trying to trying to orient myself and trying to see what I can actually do here. And I actually end up meeting with Chicago Sun-Times beat, Bears beat reporter Jason Lezier. I think that I pronounced his last name. And kind of gave me a rundown of what I should be doing, how I can approach this to get the most out of the experience. Uh, basically, he told me, walk around, see how the professional is doing interviews, and do some yourself. So that's exactly what I did. And I ended up just... Again, interviewing some players. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll get to that later. But basically, it was just convention hall. It's very similar to the Man Cave podcast that we did. Um, what now? Was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. About that size of a place. And again, a bunch of players are just walking around. There's like three podium places where the big night, big name players kind of go up there. Again, media is asking them questions, big time cameras and, you know, all this professional kind of stuff. But I'm just there kind of roaming around trying to find players to kind of talk to. I, I had a couple in mind, but yeah, that's basically what the convention center was all about. And then later after that, we went to the practice field and it's I did not expect, Will, for it to be so damn cold and windy in mobile alabama <laughs> that was like the p- topic of the conversation for a lot of people it's like wow this i you know being alabama you just figured it wouldn't be as cold as it was in chicago but it's something there hit differently with the weather because it was just brutal to sit down on the metal bleachers and i was just with a bunch of media i had got to sit next to uh ej snyder a big bears reporter and then also brett coleman if you guys are not familiar does of all the youtube breakdowns but while I'm there, I just see Bill Belichick, you know, walking uh, on the field. Uh, Mike Tomlin's also there. So a bunch of. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You know, well-renowned people. I also saw some Bears scouts on the first day uh, just seeing where they were at. They were scouting the offensive linemen. There was about three Bears scouts Interesting. in that general area right when practice started because I just wanted to walk around and see, you know, who's around, who's uh, where are they looking Three Bear Scouts were looking at the offensive lineman to kind of start practice. Then obviously they kind of diverge and go to different parts. But thought that was interesting. Don't know who they're actually looking at, but wouldn't be surprised if the Bears drafted an offensive lineman. They put a lot of you know manpower and time just looking at that specific area. You didn't take any time to ask them, you know, who's more responsible for drafting like Trubisky or like Adam Shaheen and like <laughs> slapping one in the back of the head, like dummy. I I did not. I mean. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't. They'd just all point the fingers at each other saying it was that guy. (laughs) It'd be just, you know, uh, pointing fingers there. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then you see, like, John Elway's just sitting on the bench there. It's, like, big-name guys. And, um, yeah, that's basically what it was. And then after practice ended, we I did get access to go onto the field and just interview whoever I wanted to interview. But it's also just interesting watching where the scouts are going to. 
So you see where the Bears scouts are going. You see where the Cardinals scouts are going, who they're talking to. And they're probably just getting a good idea of everybody. But they're just doing their homework, trying to evaluate every single prospect. Because just recently, I think it was Tom Pellariso tweeted out that teams at the Combine are not allowed to interview as many players as they were in the past. So they're taking now this opportunity to do it at the Senior Bowl to just get all the interviews they can, getting a good idea of who these players are. You know, not just on the field for their talents, but off the field, which is a very important part of the process of drafting a player because that guy is going to represent your organization. Yeah. Anything else you want to share just about your general experience, or are you ready to kind of move on into some more player-specific stuff? Uh, you know what? I think that was the big, the big kind of takeaways there, just kind of being around all the media members. And I think the other thing, just kind of sitting next to Brett Coleman and seeing like the terminology he uses to break down, you know, players. I'm watching the same exact thing he is, but he's like, oh, did you see the, um, the hip, the hip speed? And then also the strike of the, the defender there. I'm like, yes, but probably not to a certain extent that you did, which is Awesome to just kind of hear that kind of terminology being thrown out there because that is what, you know, scouting really is and how you evaluate to really know what prospects are doing certain things over others. And then just, again, hearing somebody like as professional as he is to do that, I thought that was really interesting from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll see if uh, you pick up any jargon, if you're able to sprinkle (laughs) it here and there on the podcast as well. But I know for the players' side, you mostly focus on tight ends when you were there, which, again, that makes a ton of sense. The Bears should be looking into that position in this year's draft class. So let's go ahead and begin with a name that I'm hearing more and more about, and that's Bryson Hopkins. I want to know, like, what did you see out of him? And I believe, well, actually, I know you got to talk to him. I have a couple of audio files here on my end. Uh, so I'm curious to just what you saw out of him, and then however you want to plug in these interviews, I have the magic buttons on my end to make the make it work. Yeah, so this was actually the first prospect that I watched. And so as soon as I I saw his tape, I'm like, this is a guy that if I got an opportunity to talk to, this is someone that I would like to just know more about. But just seeing him on the practice field, a guy that can really stretch the field vertically from the tight end position, something that the Bears are really lacking right now. And I thought that just watching him just seamless through the route running just kind of element of his game. He, he really looks like a wide receiver out there and just, he just being able to talk to him, he's really practiced that and he's got a professional coach that he kind of goes about just working the route running abilities there, but natural hands can create separation has good size at six foot three, 241 pounds. A very, I just being able to talk to him. Well, just very genuine, really cares about all the other prospects there. It's not just, you know, him wanting to succeed. He really wants everyone to. But that's what I really liked from Bryson. Someone that I think if the Bears did meet with him, they probably came away, you know, just enamored with how he's able to articulate his thoughts. When he was breaking down route running, which is awesome, he's really animated with it. He's like going, doing the head fakes, doing the head motions, doing like all these hand motions as well. He, he likes that aspect of the game, and um, I think we could play just the, the first interview here. This is where I got to meet him in the convention center, um, and yeah, so let's just play that right now. You got it. Hey, Bryce, a quick yeah, question for you. Obviously, you being in Purdue and representing the Big Ten, yeah, and yeah. you're just saying that you haven't played a lot of these people that are yeah, probably going to be exactly, here. Yeah. How much does that mean to you to go against like someone from the SEC, per se, and then just show your competitiveness that you're able to compete against some of those kind of guys as you know, well? Uh, it means a lot to me, but I think it means a lot more to the scouts. They want to see how my game uh, transitions into not being a Big Ten player, but being an all-around player, how I can 
beat people off press coverage that are in the SEC or how I can beat linebackers that are also in the Big Ten just from that physicality standpoint. So really with all this talent and all this competition here, it's just a big opportunity that I'm willing to take advantage of. Yeah, and you said that you also like George Kittle's a guy yeah. that probably all tight ends want to, you know, watch. Yeah. Um, what is, like, that mentality that you got to bring to maybe implement some of those kind of attributes to your game to maybe kind of replicate what George Kittle does on Sundays? You know, I think George Kittle plays extremely confident. He plays very relaxed when he's on the field. Uh, he's just out there having fun, enjoying the game that he's playing, and, and that's what I have to do. I think I just got to relax and have some energy and fire to me, just be willing to put my head in there and hit some people. That's all I got to do. And obviously your dad being a former, you know, an yeah, offensive uh, lineman. Yeah. Dude, uh, does he ever give you like tips on like yeah. you know blocking things like that? Um, he's actually helping me train down at Boost Performance. He works there uh, part time, helping with our O line. He's training the O line. So when I'm working on my blocking, I'm with him. My dad, he's coaching me. And then when I'm working on my receiving, I'm with Derek Mason. So uh, gotcha. I've got good coaches on both ends. Thank you, Bryson. Does your basketball background kind of come into hand when, especially in the goal line situations, yeah. boxing out and things like that? Of course. Yeah. You know, um, that's kind of it's hard for a quarterback to just have that as a primary target when you're boxing out. It's, it's better in the scramble situation when they just need to get that ball out. So that's where it really comes to help. But uh, before then, you know, you're just trying to get open and that's also where the basketball uh, background comes from. It's just creating separation in tight spaces and being able to be quick and subtle with your movements uh, so that you can actually do it. Bryson, when you're not, I mean, obviously it's all football this week, yeah, as yeah. it should be, of course, but of course. I mean, who are you like kind of off the field? What are some of your hobbies that you're kind of into or that you like to be a part of? You know, um, video games, of course, but when I'm not playing, even when even when I'm playing video games, just hanging around friends. You know, I like uh, people that I trust and that I'm comfortable with and that I can be me and be genuine with. I think that's very important in building my character, yeah. Um, and then other than that, I'd say, you know, cars. Love cars. Okay. That's my thing. Uh, my dad's had, had had some cars in the past, and uh, I would love to be able to, not as many as he's had, but, you know, just to... Uh, just dive into that passion more, you know. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of cars is uh, like your personal uh, Mustangs, favorite? you know, okay. Mustangs, Shelby's, that, that would be a dream come true right there. I have a Shelby Mustang, but even if it's not mine, I would just go to a convention and just walk around okay. and look at cars as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my buddy actually went to Purdue. He said he worked oh, okay. with you on a project. I don't know if you know Brandon Hazlett. Brandon? Yeah. I, okay, I know Brandon. He didn't tell me his last name. We were on a okay. group chat, but I do know Brandon. Okay, yeah, yeah actually, he's yeah. like, yeah, I, that's I worked with uh, Bryce yeah. on a group project. Yeah, I worked with a lot of group projects. Gotcha. Awesome. Hey, Bryce, thank, thank, appreciate it, man. Well, at least he worked with Brandon on a po- on a project, and I don't know, maybe there were multiple Brandons, but we're going to say this is ours. We're going to say that was uh, Brandon, but yeah, I thought that um, just getting to know uh, Bryson a little bit more, uh, again, is a valuable kind of thing just to get to know the prospect off the field, um, but going onto the field here, Will, just to kind of talk about some of the traits he really wanted to work on his physicality. And there were times in this, you know, senior bowl practices where he is getting blown back. That's the part of his game that he really needs to work on the most. But if you're looking for a vertical threat, a seam down the field kind of guy, someone that can separate from linebackers, that's Bryson Hopkins. And that's why I really like him as a potential second round pick for the Bears to kind of look at because they are just missing a weapon at that position right now. And the move tight end, the U tight end, is such an important position in Matt Nagy's offense. I think you put Bryson in there, give him some NFL coaching, learning how to block a little bit more, but utilizing his strengths. He said that the player that he is most like right now is Zach Ertz. 
wouldn't it just be fantastic to have a Zach Ertz type of player in the Bears offense? Because right now they've gone through every tight end on the list and they haven't gotten much production. But Bryson Hopkins, a guy that I really like, really nice dude. And yeah, I mean, again, I would be, you know, really happy if the Bears were to really look into him and draft him with one of their second round picks. Yeah, we can have him nicknamed like the Cobra after the Shelby <laughs> Mustang. You know, I'm, I was one of my cars that I wanted when I was a teenager. Shelby Mustangs, uh, the Cobras there, they're, they're they're pretty sweet. So that's pretty cool as well. But yeah, really needed interview, Nick. Were you a little nervous at the beginning? Oh, I was absolutely nervous. I mean, seeing <laughs> one all these big name media guys, they have their big cameras, and then. I'm next with my phone, you know, and my recorder there. Hey, Bryson, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I know you just got interviewed by, you know, uh, NBC, though. Uh, do you have, you know, a minute to talk to, you know, me? So, yeah, I definitely was nervous. But the second interview that um, if we want. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Play here. After their second day of practice, felt a little bit more comfortable, and I could tell that Bryson uh, remembered me. But, yeah, it was definitely took some time to kind of get into the flow of things for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to play that second interview? Yeah, might as well. Might as well? You, you sound confident. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> okay, I'm clicking the button now. Hey, Bryce, how's it going, man? What's going on? Um, yeah, just with um, the first day of practice and now going to the second day, how do you feel that you've um, done the first two days of practice here? Yeah, uh, definite improvement from yesterday, I would say. Uh, you know, like I said, just coming in here and actually knowing a little bit of what to expect and how the routine and the kind of pace and tempo that you're going to need to play at, uh, that's a that's a, a game changer coming in and, and uh, also knowing the competition that you're going against. So um, I had a chance yesterday to get a few reps in. I got even more reps today, so mm-hmm. I think that really helped me. And I made the most of my reps today. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what, was there something that you wanted to really, from that first day to second day, really want to improve upon? or uh, Probably my speed, tempo. You know, okay. I just wanted to... Uh, uh, just not not hesitate so much. I wanted yeah. to react on the field. So uh, out here in one on ones, you know, I think I did a better job creating separation and just uh, having that stamina to keep going. So um, yeah. yeah, when it comes to like creating separation, you do a fantastic job of it. What is like the um, I guess the intangible that you have to show out on the field that really makes you able to you know create separation like you do? Um, you know, you got to play fast. You got to uh, run every route. Uh, with deceiving whoever you're going against. You don't want them to know what route based on you uh, just raising your hips or, or maybe your eyes are facing which way you're going to go. You know, you always want to deceive who you're going against. Uh, also leverage. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could break inside and get inside leverage, make them think that your route's going inside, and then if you're quick enough to break inside and get out outside uh, using that athleticism, that's a huge uh, separation period. Absolutely. And then with the tight end group that you guys have, I mean, um, has there been anybody that you kind of connected with more than others, or is it just still like uh, continuity? Adam, Adam's my roommate. So, okay, you know, awesome. Me and yeah. Adam, as soon as he walked in the room, we just we hit it off right there. You know, we 
had a lot to relate, so I think we're doing we're doing we're, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely gonna uh, keep that relationship going after the bowl game, you know, keep mm-hmm. up with each other. So. Is it like after practice the first day, did you guys kinda talk about like what you know, what the yeah. first day of practice was like? Yeah, how did that kind of, those conversations go? You know, we got a, we both got the same playbook of course, so we're really mm-hmm. helping each other out there. Uh, we're just trying to get used to it and we're both going through the same process, you know, we're doing the same thing, we're here for the same reasons, uh, to show coaches what we're capable of and uh, it's not really a competition between us, you know. Of course, we're fighting against uh, the North team, but uh, it, I want all the tight ends here to do uh, their best. And unfortunately, Sean, uh, he went down today a little bit. Hopefully, he gets back out here yeah. today and he's able to compete there awesome. tomorrow. So, yeah. Hey, thank you so much. For yeah, of course. Smooth. Look at that. It's kind of cool to use our own interviews in the podcast, Nick. It's something that hopefully we get to do more of in the future. Yeah. That. That. I mean, again, you know, with our platform, it was. One, getting credentialed was a really, you know, big step for us. And then being able to conduct these interviews on our own, it, it, it is a pretty cool process. But I think uh, this kind of leads to a good transition here. Well, I don't know who you had second in your notes that you were going to talk about, but he mentioned Adam. And that Adam is Adam Troutman from Dayton. They, they're they roommates, him and uh, um, Bryson there. So that's another guy that the Bears have really been looking at, just to kind of give you my scouting report of what I saw from him. He's six foot five, two hundred fifty-one pounds. But when he is running routes down the field and separating like he is, he looks like he's a lot lighter just because of how smooth he is as a route runner. Yes, he is a small school guy. His name happens to be Adam, and he does play tight end. I think that <laughs> Bears fans need to give this guy, you know, a little bit of a break. Don't kind of categorize him. I look, the comparison is going to be natural. Like, oh, is this just another Adam Shaheen type of guy? I don't know. Because there's a lot. It's not just the Bears that have talked with him. Adam Troutman, I was in the interview where he did say that the Bears were really interested. They said that they were. They met with him a couple of times. Um, and they said they were just interested in him. I was there when that when he kind of released that information. But a lot of scouts were coming up to Adam and just talking about him. Because when you watch the film of him, if you were to put like Adam Troutman verse on, on YouTube, you'll see that he just looks a lot bigger than everybody else that he's playing. And he should just playing at Dayton, but he's still dominating at that level. And that's what you kind of want to see from somebody who's at this level, the stage facing obviously better opponents. And he's still able to, at times, get the best of some of these other, you know, defensive backs, these linebackers. That's exactly what you want to see from an, an Adam Troutman. He had 70 receptions, 916 yards, 14 touchdowns in 2019. So he knows how to be productive again, at the lower level, but I liked what I saw from him. He also had a little bit of a nastiness when it came to the blocking aspect, and that is something where you look at Troutman and then you look at you know Bryson Hopkins, and there's a little bit of a difference there. But overall, I think Hopkins out of these tight ends is the best route runner, the best vertical threat. But Adam Troutman, he kind of brings everything to the table, so I could see why the Bears are definitely interested. So you didn't call Bryson out for his weak blocking when you're doing the interview? I did not. Um, I don't know if that would have went well. Actually, so the one play that you know, really, if you were to look up Bryson Hopkins just on Twitter, you'll see the play where he gets blown up. I didn't see it live. Uh, I think I was watching just one of the other prospects we'll talk about on here. And then at, at the time I was doing the interview, that didn't come across my mind. But uh-huh. I, I think I would have brought it up anyway. <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> understood, understood. Uh, one more tight end that I know you kind of put on the docket is Harrison Bryant from FAU. Anything you wanted to mention about him? Yeah. So again, he's another guy that is a receiving threat at six foot four, two hundred forty-two pounds. 
he was somebody that was creating separation. FAU, another, you know, smaller school, I would say, don't play the best kind of opponents. But just what I saw just at the practices, he was just getting open. And that's exactly what you want to see from these guys that don't play the high-level caliber opponents that they usually do in a typical regular season. And that's what he was just doing at the Senior Bowl practices. And he's deadly on the slant route. There's something about him where you put him in the slot, he kind of looks like just a large wide receiver in the precision, the timing, and where he needs to cut to run these slant routes. He's really good at that. Uh, I've just kind of looked into what he was able to do uh, just this past season versus Ohio State, the very first game of the season, he did have six receptions for 79 yards. So that's big level competition, obviously. He's able to produce some good you know, totals there. He had 65 receptions, 1,004 yards, and seven touchdowns on the season. But I liked what I saw from, from Harrison Bryant, another guy that I'm sure the Bears are going to do their homework on. They just need to get somebody that's a difference maker at the tight end position. And really these three guys and this whole entire class, I would say for the tight ends, it's deep, maybe not any first rounders, but really day two, day three, you can find some quality tight ends and the bears obviously are doing their homework, putting scouts to kind of look at these guys. But yeah, I came away surprised Harrison Bryant didn't think I would, but I I was just honestly really impressed with all these tight ends, what they're able to do there in mobile, Alabama. Now, I do want to put this stat out here that our own Stephen Letizia kind of put together here on Twitter yesterday about tight ends and rookie tight ends in general. Uh, Since 99, uh, there's been 258 tight ends drafted in the second round or later. Out of those 258 tight ends, only seven had more than 500 receiving yards as a rookie, and only one of the 258 had more than 50 receptions. So I know that we need to find a tight end to be a difference maker in this offense, and even if they draft a tight end, I guess that's a good way to set some proper expectations. But obviously, this is a position where we need a long-term answer to solution, so double-dipping in for agency, and of course here in the draft of maybe one of these three guys that you mentioned would be a great way to set up this position for some long-term success and growth. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen Ryan Pace kind of do the double dipping, whether it was, you know, a quarterback with Trubisky and Glennon, or you've seen him do it before. So that could definitely be a possibility. But just because they don't have maybe like the receptions or the yards, still make an impact just in the end zone, catching those touchdowns, the red zone reception. So there's different ways to like impact the production that a rookie tight end can have for sure. And I think, you know, obviously I'm going to go with Bryson Hopkins as my main guy. Okay. I think he could definitely make an impact as a, a rookie for the, this Bears offense because, again, that move tight end, you tight end, is so fundamental in what Matt Nagy wants to do. And if you put that in, someone that's even capable, someone that's available, that would be huge for this Bears offense. Now, moving on from tight end, there was a wide receiver that kind of caught your eye, and that's James Prochet, which, I mean, it makes sense. He was one of the most productive wideouts in college football this past season. What did you see in practice? Yeah, so I think with him, and he stuck out to me immediately, one, because he's a smaller type of guy, and just with those receivers, I kind of just have a connection there. I, I did something similar in like high school, but he his his route running and his hands stuck out, and there's a lot of good receivers you know, just in this class and just at the senior bowl. But as soon as that ball hit his hand, it was just, it was like a magnet. There, that wasn't coming out. He wasn't going to drop the ball. 
And that's what I really liked from from James Prochet. And I think Prochet's like how you pronounce his last name. Heard from a couple of people that's how you're pronouncing it. But it was not only that. It was just he was really competitive. When they have the one on one drills where you have to go up and just block the defensive back and allow the runner to kind of get past them. He's a smaller guy, but he's feisty. Just fighting until you until he sees his man kind of cross his face to get into what would be the end zone. I like that about him. You can you can get behind a guy that is smaller in size, but just plays very physical and has those intangibles like good route running and good hands because he's a guy that you can put him in anywhere in an offense. And that's what he really did for SMU. He was out wide. He was in the slot. I saw him throw a throw pass one time. So they were using him in all different you know aspects of the field. And you think maybe the Bears could – maybe wide receiver is not a huge need. But it could be something that they're looking at. And really what the Bears need right now is a burner. I don't know if he's that. He has good speed, but it's not something like a Tyree kill or you know anything that you're going to see in the Super Bowl matchup where there's speed all over the place. But really likes his hands and really likes his route running ability because he was able to get open consistently, precise on his routes, and working with quarterbacks that he hasn't worked with before. But there seemed to be a connection there when they were doing, throwing to James Prochet. Yeah. You talked about the need for speed on offense from the wideout position. It's like you're already prepping for our Save the Franchise episodes because that's one of my main points at that position that we're lacking speed. And unfortunately, we had that in Marvin Hall at training camp, and he proved it in camp, and they didn't keep him on. I know it's a crowded room, but yeah, definitely speed. Uh, we'll talk about that when the time is more appropriate. Um, but if my notes are correct, uh, you had one lone defender that kind of made an impression on you. Maybe more did, but this is one you passed over to me. Uh, and that is Notre Dame defensive back Tony Pride Jr. So what did Tony Pride Jr. display? Troy Pride Jr. Um, so for <laughs> – yeah, no. not So the big thing there, too, with any of the guys at the Senior Bowl, that helmet for Notre Dame just sticks out like a – sore thumb especially with the sun glaring on it but as i'm watching these db one-on-one wide receiver drills troy pride jr i would say at notre dame fun like mostly played off the ball so seeing him play man-to-man coverage that was you where you wanted to see if he can actually do that and do that effectively well he was one of the more consistent one of the more just i would say one of the DBs that was actually consistently at the hip of the receiver, able to maybe break up the passer. There was this one play where he's so connected to the receiver at the hip, he breaks on the route, is able to deflect the pass, and then intercept it. So, I again, he just kind of stuck out for that reason. And it wasn't like a lot of these corners had a lot of big plays, and you want to really see what they're able to do in these one-on-one matchups. But consistently, I'm just seeing, oh, there's number five again. There's number five, you know, just consistently showing up just anytime I was looking at those drills. But, yeah, I liked what he was able to bring at 5'11", 193 pounds. Um, he's, you know, I think got decent size, not the biggest corner, but physical. Is able to stay at the hip. There are times where at, at Notre Dame, I don't know if they teach this, if that's what their fundamental thing is when jamming, but did a two-hand jam at, at the, uh, you know, pressing technique. And one of the better wide receivers, I'm blanking on the name right now, uh, was able to just kind of swat those hands away and make a tough catch. It's not like he was out of position so badly that he couldn't make a play on the ball. Really nice play by the wide receiver getting behind him making a catch. But I think consistently what I saw from the first two days of practice, Troy Pride Jr. stuck out, and I think it maybe helps when you have a helmet that's just glaring in the sun there. So, yeah, that was – and there, there are other defenders, of course, but just when I 
was recollecting my thoughts um, just at the end of the days of the practices. Like, yeah, Troy Pride Jr., number five, just looking at the list, he's somebody that I can definitely remember making a bunch of plays. Any quarterback stand out to you? I mean, it's uh, something, you know, it's a position that no one would be surprised if we drafted, especially in the mid to late round. I mean, honestly, never mind. Any point this draft that they called quarterback, <laughs> no one's going to be surprised. But did any stand out to you? I know you didn't hand over per se, but you're watching these tight ends. I'm sure you're watching who's delivering those balls. Yeah, so I think uh, when you look at those the quarterbacks there, um, I kind of wonder why <laughs> one going to complete opposite. The, the Michigan quarterback, I had no idea why he was there. Just a terrible quarterback. I'm blanking on the name right now. But um, Bryce Love was a guy and, and Justin Herbert. The, the main two there, on the first day of practice – it was it was pretty windy and it the weather was kind of playing a factor but when they threw passes they were able to kind of just again the ball was just kind of going through the air still getting to the spot that it was supposed to get to and landing in the receiver's hands so you could just tell that they were the top 2 quarterbacks at the at the senior bowl practices Jalen Hurts um on the first day did not look good whatsoever there's still people questioning whether or not he's actually going to be uh, you know, a quarterback at the next level. But I was talking to a bunch of Uber drivers there. So, like, as soon as they heard that Jalen Hurts was coming to Alabama to the Senior Bowl, all the tickets sold out. So people still love him there, um, want to see what he's able to do, but didn't have a very good first day. I didn't get to see him on the second day. But in terms of the two quarterbacks that really stood out, they were the ones that, you know, kind of, you know, stole that prize. I know another guy that people are really talking about is uh, Gordon. Is I think believe Anthony Gordon is the yes. name. Um, dinner. He I, not that he didn't impress me, but there wasn't anything maybe too flashy. I only got to see him on day one because I had to leave uh, back home for day two. But again, these are guys that are practicing and they haven't been in full pads for what two months, and they're having to do this with new receivers and new coaching staff. All these different little factors in there. Not to say that Gordon can't be, you know, a good quarterback or anything like that, but uh, there wasn't really anything that he didn't leave. I guess the best impression on me day one, okay. but yeah, nothing to be too concerned about. I'm if you're a Bears fan, hoping that they draft Gordon. Don't take what I say as the 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 final thought. Like ah, Nick said this. There's no way they can get him. No, nothing like that. But he just didn't leave a as a big of impression as the other two quarterbacks. We'll see how the draft process changes that between here and, of course, uh, a few months from now in May. But out of all the players that we discussed, is there any like a couple that you really hope does become a Chicago Bear or that you would hope does? I think Bryson Hopkins seemed like your guy earlier, but I had this question down, so I wanted to make sure to give you an opportunity to kind of express that a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Bryson Hopkins would be the guy. And I'm just looking at how the Bears maybe are assessing the tight end position. Do they want maybe – do they want the Y tight end more so than than the U? And I don't really see the Bears putting as much value into a guy that's better as a blocker than he is maybe a pass catcher. And the guy that I keep coming to be that maybe tight end would be Cole Komet, who is not at the Senior Bowl. He's a junior Notre Dame's tight end. He's a well-rounded tight end, can block, he can pass catch, but he's I don't think he's, he adds that element to the passing game, to the receiving game that – you know, a Bryson Hopkins does. And so I just look at the upside and the potential and what he can really do to a Matt Nagy offense at that critical U tight end. And I just think that when I kept looking at, you know, the, the prospects that I really kept an eye on, I kept coming back to him. And I think just watching the tape initially and being 
just taken away from how he's creating separation, really getting to that second level, reaching up over linebackers to catch, you know, these passes. He was the Big Ten tight end of the year last year, and for good reason. He is a playmaker. He does need to work on his blocking skills, but I think that can really be helped at the next level. But you got to think the Bears are going to use him to his strengths, and that is as a pass catcher, a vertical threat, something that they just don't have right now. Now, of course, it's always great to learn from your experience. Anything you would do differently if you go again? Oh, absolutely. I think the first thing is just at, just interview more people. Uh, I was a little, a little, definitely a little hesitant at first to kind of get out and just ask people questions. I would do more homework than I did just on the prospects itself. Uh, so when I got to the Senior Bowl, I can just, again, interview more people, know, have a little bit better foundation of the players that were there, to kind of take more notes. I wish it wasn't as cold. I can't, I have nothing to do with, you know, have no control over that, but taking <laughs> notes in that cold was brutal. It was just bad. Well, so um, those are some things that I definitely going into. Hopefully next year we have an opportunity to do this. I can go longer just to evaluate more prospects, but that would be something I would definitely do. Uh, you know, just next time, even talking to more media members. I wish I did that a little bit. I did a little bit of that there. But just getting to know more people in the business, again, learning more maybe the terminology, what they're looking at at prospects, that can only help me moving forward, help you know our listeners moving forward just to give them the knowledge that they're seeking. Those are all things that I would love to go do next year. And I heard that it might not be in Mobile, Alabama, which would be like a crazy change because I think it's been there for the past 17 years or something. It's been there for a while now. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, if I were to get the opportunity to go again, those are definitely things that I would look at improving or doing next time. Maybe bringing someone with you. Wink, wink. That's what I was also thinking. Well, like it would be really cool to have just a you know a partner in crime to kind of go through this, being on one end of the field, just kind of getting the most kind of coverage we can. And then just like training camp, exactly. Yeah, just like training. And I also didn't get to try like the local cuisine. There, it was kind of disappointing. Didn't have enough time or energy, to be completely honest. I ate at a Sonic, which I, I actually that's yeah, that's not even here though. So I guess it's different. But it wasn't like the you know the craziest thing. I really no, wanted. No, it's to, not. Ours is no. close here in Bloomington. It's it's not that great. There's not here in, in you know Waukegan. Like you have to go an hour and a half to find the nearest Sonic. So I'm like, oh, they have Sonic here. Let me go. <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. Okay, yeah, but uh, we'll definitely talk about that here, not Sonic or anything like that, but definitely next year Senior Bowl adjustments are needed, but you did a great job, not to discredit you whatsoever. Uh, anything else? This is your last chance to kind of mention anything else you want to make sure our listeners know about your time at the Senior Bowl, uh, because after this you can't mention it again on the show. No, yeah, this that's basically it. I'm sure Bryson Hopkins' name will come up a little bit more, though, as we continue on this process. Um, But I would say... Just kind of looking at the the list of, of players that they have here and doing your own self kind of evaluation because there are a lot of good players and there's a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. So I know I highlighted one guy, James Prochet, but there are definitely a lot of wide receivers that I think the Bears could possibly look at. More so with the speed that the Bears are probably needing at that position. A lot of good tight ends, like I, I said. And like I said earlier in the podcast, a lot of Bears scouts were looking around those those offensive linemen, so maybe doing some homework and looking into there. Things that I'll be doing over the next coming weeks, but those are kind of my big takeaways. That was my trip there. It was short, but it felt like it was forever. I'm glad I was able to go, but hopefully next year, Will, we can definitely 
hit up Mobile, Alabama and just kind of, you know, do the, the whole scouting and get some real food there. Maybe I can talk you into a road trip into the flying. I know how much you love road trips. No. Actually, you know what? Uh, the thing is, I really don't like flying either. I kind of, every time I get on a plane, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I've done it so much. I'm so used to it. But taking off, I am just jittery. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, oh, we're getting higher. And there go the city. There go the lights. And I hate it. But yeah, I'm definitely not doing a road trip. <laughs> well, I'll talk you <laughs> in. We'll see. Well, there's a few things I'm trying to talk you into right now, and I'm excited about it. But uh, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Chicago Audible. I know that we're starting to kind of pick up some steam here. We'll be back next week with finally, and I've been working on this one in the shadows here, but the first installment of the State of the Franchise episodes. Will we discuss offense or defense? No, seriously, Nick, are we going to discuss offense or defense? I'll let you choose. Oh. Um, I have, mm, I think everyone's kind of expecting offense, so we should go defense. All right, we'll start off with the defense. There you have it. Decisions being made on the spot live on the podcast. It's always great uh, to hear. We'll be back with that episode, Stay the Franchise Defense, next week. Uh, make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the show, that helps spread the word, helps us reach more and more Chicago Bears fans just like us, just like you. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to our channel as well if you're a YouTuber because the same exact thing. It helps us reach more and more Bears fans, and we're not a big media entity. We don't have advertising dollars, so the best word of mouth that you can definitely do does go a long way for both Nick and I. But until next time, Bear down, Chicago. Bear down.